this is Dina Weiss for Hadar and Parashat Balak, Structure for Success. Though Bilam had initially intended to curse the Jewish people, as per his contract with King Balak, when the time came, he ended up blessing us instead. The opening of his blessing is the verse of Matovu Ohalacha Yaakov, How good are your tents, Yaakov, which is traditionally recited upon entering a synagogue to pray. Though it is unlikely that Bilam himself was referring to places of worship, this verse does teach us about the value of building institutions and structures as part of our efforts to do good and contribute good to the world. According to Rabbi Yochran, as quoted in the Talmud, when Bilam was moved to say Matovu, he was commenting not on public spaces of prayer, but on the arrangement of the tents of the families of Bnei Yisrael in the desert. Menahani Mile, Amar Rabbi Yochanan Damar Kira, Vayasem Bilam et Enav Vayar Yisrael Shochein Lishvatav, Mara'a, Ra'ash Ein Pitchei Oholehem Muchuvanim Zelaza, Amar Ruuyin Halalu Shetishra Alehem Shechina. From where do we know this? That is, that one should not construct a window looking into that of his neighbor. Rabbi Yochanan said. As the verse says, Bilam lifted his eyes and saw Israel residing according to their tribes. What did he see? He saw that the openings of their tents were not aligned with one another. He said, these are worthy of the presence of the divine. According to Rabbi Yochanan, what Bilam notices and commends is the configuration of the tents in the desert. Instead of facing one another, Every tent's opening faced the back of the tent in front of it, preserving the privacy of each family. What Bilam praises is not the behavior of the people. He doesn't see them behaving modestly or actively showing respect for one another's privacy. What he sees is that the homes of the people are structured in such a way as to facilitate these kinds of respectful relationships. And what Rabbi Yochanan is teaching through Bilam is the value of structuring our environments and our lives in a manner that facilitates the way we want to behave and makes it easier for us to grow into the people we want to become. This idea is reflected in the Ramban's comments on the topic of placing one's windows in locations that maximize privacy and minimize its opposite. That is, hezek violation through sight. According to the Ramban, the notion that one has to construct the openings to their house in a respectful manner applies even if the person whose privacy would be violated says that they don't mind. As he explains, also, even if the damaged did relinquish his rights to object to the placement of his neighbor's window, this principle still applies, since it is definitely forbidden to the damager to damage him by seeing and to knowingly look at him. And no person can be sufficiently careful about this to stand all day with closed eyes. So we are compelled to say to him, close your window and you will not sin constantly. The Ramban's comments here highlight 
the importance of constructing one's house in a certain way, as opposed to committing to a certain behavior. No matter how resolute you are, how determined you are not to look into your neighbor's property, you will not succeed if every time you pass by your window, you have to remember to close your eyes. Because we are fallible, we will fail unless we plan ahead and have the framework in place that we need in order to succeed. However, the door of a home is not only there to keep prying eyes away from your living space, it is also there to be opened, to welcome visitors and guests inside. In articulating the value of providing for guests, the notion of building one's home in a way that facilitates Achnasat Orchim is a theme that emerges in rabbinic literature. In Masachar Avot we learn, Yosef ben Yochanan ish Yerushalayim Omer, Yehi beitcha patuach l'racha, v'hiyu aniyim b'nei beitcha. Yosef ben Yochanan from Jerusalem says, your house should be open wide and the poor should be members of your household. The Mishnah does not ask you to do the mitzvah of inviting guests. It merely asks you to open your house and leave it open. This increases your likelihood to find success in Achnas Rahim in two ways. First, it automates the process. The open house does the work of providing shelter even without your intervention. You need not become a welcoming person. You just need to have a welcoming house. And when your home is open and people come inside, this increases your opportunities to provide for others. The other advantage is that it increases the quality of your hachnasat orchim. When your house is open and people do not need to be invited in order to feel at home, then anyone who crosses your threshold, including the needy, feel that they belong there, that they are full members of your household. B'nei Beitacha. The commentary of Avot Rabbi Natan states explicitly that the advice that Yosef ben Yochanan is about creating a structure that facilitates the entry of guests into your home rather than modifying your behavior. your house should be open wide. How? This teaches that a person's house should be wide open to the south, the east, the west, and the north, like Eov did. He made four openings to his house. And why did Eov make four openings to his house? So the poor would not be inconvenienced in having to go around the house. One who came from the north could enter as he was already walking. One who came from the south 
could enter as he was already walking, and similarly for any direction. And when that great suffering came upon him, he said before the Holy Blessed One, Master of the universe, didn't I feed the hungry and give drink to the thirsty? As it says, did I eat my bread alone without an orphan eating with me? Nevertheless, this is what the Holy Blessed One said to Eov. Eov, you still haven't reached half the amount of Avraham. You sit and wait inside your house, and the guests come to you. But Avraham does not do so. Rather, he goes out and circles around the world. And when he finds guests, brings them into his house. Eov's four-door tent is considered to be the clearest manifestation of Yosef ben Yochanan's principle. He built his house in a way that was inviting and designed it to be maximally convenient for guests coming from any direction. Though the Midrash continues to critique Eo for thinking that his passive style of inviting guests was as great as Avraham's more active approach, that critique itself underscores that Eov wasn't necessarily an Avraham type. Perhaps Eov is concerned about the convenient entrance for his guests because convenience is a priority for him. He might be someone who generally doesn't go out of his way because Eov was not outgoing or even welcoming by nature and it wasn't within his character to chase after guests. This structure was necessary for him. It was the one way that he could guarantee that he would have the maximum level of achievement that was possible for him in this mitzvah. Yosef ben Yochanan does not limit his advice to opening one's home to the needy. The unfortunate conclusion of the Mishnah is as follows. And do not speak overly much with women. According to the Nachalat Avod commentary, the connection between the first half of the Mishnah, which discusses welcoming guests, and the last half, which warns against speaking too much with women, is that, in his experience, it was the women who will be resistant when their husbands would try to institute an open tent policy in the home, though there are other rabbinic voices which do adopt a much more positive view of women, of women and hachnasat orchim. If it is true that the wives were opposed to this idea, it is not because they were less gracious than their male partners. It is because in that culture, when the man would invite a guest, unexpected or not, the woman of the house would have to cook for the guest and clean up after him without sufficient warning or perhaps without sufficient appreciation from her quote-unquote generous husband. Though he does not acknowledge the uneven distribution of labor that creates the dynamic of women being perceived as less welcoming, Rabbi Nachman of Breslov has a compelling solution to increasing the achnasat orchim in one's home. He advises that a man tell his wife, that having an extra guest is not as much of a burden as she might imagine. He says to tell her that it's just one more piece of bread and one more place setting. What Rabbi Nachman is diagnosing through this advice is that the women are refusing guests because they feel that the task of hosting is too large. But if they are reminded that they actually already have the basic framework in place, they have a table, they've already cooked a meal, then they can be more welcoming. It is a lot of work to have to cook a meal from scratch, but not a lot of work to set out an extra place setting. Once you have an existing structure, you can extend it. The lesson to be learned from this is that, if possible, we should build our lives in such a way 
that extending kindness will require less from us. If we invest in folding chairs and extra place settings, we save ourselves the hassle of borrowing from a neighbor. If, when we buy a couch, we choose the one that is a sofa bed, we won't have to worry about where a potential guest might sleep. We could always keep some soup in the freezer or always have some basic groceries on hand beyond what we ourselves need. We could have a four-entry tent with some small investments and without having to fundamentally change our home. Or perhaps more significantly, we can become more kind without necessarily being able to change who we are. Fortunately, not all rabbinic texts present women as stingy. The Gemara in Kedubot tells a story about Marukva's wife, whose generosity dwarfed his. Marukva hava aniya b'shivavute dehava ragil kol yoma deshadi le arba'an zuzei b'tsinora dedasha. Yoma haramar, izel vechazi man ka'avid bihahu tivuta. Hahu yoma nakale le Marukva le b'midrasha. Adya devetu behade, kivan dechazyua dekamatli le ledasha, Nafak batrahu, Rahut mikame, Aili lahahu atona, Dehava garufa nura, Hava kamiklayan, Kare de marukva, Amra le devetu, Shakol kar echa, Otiv acharai, Chalash date, Amra le ana shachichna begave deveta, Umekarva ahanayati. There was a poor person who lived in Marukva's neighborhood. Marukva was accustomed to leaving four zoos for him every day in the door hinge. One day the poor person said, I will go and see who is doing me this kindness. On that day, Marukva was late going to the baby midrash and his wife came with him. When the poor person saw that someone was swinging open the door, he followed them. Marukva ran away from him and they entered into an oven that had just been swept of fire. Marukva's feet were getting burnt. His wife said to him, place your feet on top of mine. Marukva felt bad. She said to him, I am found inside the house, so my benefit is close. In this story, Marukva is very intentional about the way that he gives tzedakah. He puts in a tremendous amount of effort to keep anonymous, so as not to shame the poor person who benefits from his generosity. He wakes up extremely early every morning to make his quiet contribution and even runs away into a scorching oven to avoid confronting its recipient. However, once in this oven, he discovers that his wife has more merit than he, and thus her feet are not affected by the oven's temperature. She explains to him that she is more successful, not because she is a better person than he, but because her strategy is better. She is found inside the house, and that, in and of itself, enables a certain kind of intimate quality of tzedakah. Perhaps she offers a warm meal instead of cold, hard cash, and more opportunities to interact with people who cross her threshold and to address their needs. Marukva feels so bad in part because he works so hard and is succeeding less. His wife teaches him that he need not work so hard, and in fact that working less will enable him to succeed more. We often share Marukva's mindset. We think of self-improvement in terms of working harder. We think that the more effort we put into becoming better people, the more likely we are to achieve our goal. Yet Marukva's wife reinforces the insight that when we make our goals too lofty, we may prevent ourselves from achieving them, and that sometimes all it takes for us to achieve our goals is a slight modification of our environment.
Instead of trying to ignore our weaknesses or trying valiantly to combat them, we need to acknowledge our areas of struggle and work with and around them. If you are a morning person, then a commitment to pray shachari with a minion every day will be an amazing contribution to your community and will enhance your prayer life. If you are a night owl, however, the evening prayers might be a better commitment for you to start with. If we find ourselves failing despite our hard work, perhaps it is time for us to look at how we have structured our lives. Are we being realistic about who we are and what we are trying to achieve? Are we giving ourselves the support that we need? Do we have the scaffolding in place for us to build upon and grow? Are we working with ourselves or are we trying to defeat ourselves? Instead of obsessively focusing on who we are, let's examine more closely what we are enabling ourselves to achieve. Let us build the right kinds of tents and then generously inhabit them. Wishing you a well-structured Shabbat. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to our weekly Debray Torah. To see more from our archive, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.